Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Greg Kiefer. Today, I've got a special guest, Mr. John Atherton. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back, Greg. You spend a lot of time in the field at a lots of major corporations, working with them around supply chains and supply chain innovation. So you're in the driver's seat and seeing a lot of bleeding edge things going on out there. I thought we'd dive into that a little bit. Sure. I'm pretty lucky in my role. I get to fly around the world and get a backstage pass to a lot of these big supply chains. You know, I see the details on programs around direct procurement and inventory postponement, shifting from wholesale to a retail model, and there's innovative ideas in all those. I got to say, one of the things that came up recently was this whole introduction of these really odd locations around the world. I'm hearing from customers not about opening up distribution centers or warehouses or plants in St. Louis or Shanghai, but in places I've never heard of. Literally the far reaches of the earth. Three come to mind here. The energy sector... And maybe it's specific to this one, although I don't think it's exclusive. A liquefied natural gas plant in the northern Yamal Peninsula off of Russia. Wow. A similar energy product on the western edge of Australia. And the third one that I came across recently was a new plant in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, which is kind of less esoteric, but equally as complicated. Right. And I think that these are multi-billion dollar, multi-year endeavors. Whether you're talking about the energy sector or automotive, or really any plant or manufacturing site is going to be a bunch of dough, a big investment to get it going with a long lead time. And it just struck me that it's no longer around these convenient and familiar locations, that they're in these faraway corners of the globe that are hard to get stuff into and hard to get stuff out. I would imagine that with each of those plants, now you're dealing with a whole supply chain network reconfiguration to make those plants work. It's not just about the design and the investment that goes into the plant itself, how it works, how it produces, what's the rate, et cetera. But it's also about the whole network of suppliers that get raw materials, tier one and tier two, and other types of products that are required to run that facility. And then also on the outbound side, of course, coordinating with a whole series of partners that may or may not be similar to move finished goods to market that around the world as well, maybe in equally esoteric locations. If you take one of these locations that you were talking about somewhere in northeastern Russia, and there is no real infrastructure there, where do you start? I think you start with setting up strategic options in the liquid bulk sector. This could be taking advantage of pipelines, but also with bulk carriers moving over the kind of northern sea route during certain times of the year, and then over the road transport around rail and truck. But of course, there are lots of different options. So this is a great example of supply chain agility. When you talk about a network reconfiguration, bringing in new partners, you've got to think about your network, your information systems, your relationships with your partners, and stitch all that together in a very fast time frame. That's definitely the case. I would assume that once you accomplish this, there's some pretty nice value dimensions that can be realized. Yeah, I mean, my sense is the combination of innovative and exclusive IP inside the plant to produce a specific product that is unique and differentiated is one part. But the other part, the companies can actually pull that off in these faraway corners of the globe where the raw materials might be cheaper or labor that other companies can't get to. I guess in some sense, the logical ones around the Czech Republic or Southeast Asia are very well known and very densely populated. You got a lot of competition there. So if you can stretch your supply chain into these more remote and less common areas of the globe, I think there's a huge uh, value proposition there. These companies have gigantic supply chains. How do you integrate something into a big, huge infrastructure that's working everywhere else in the world? There's no one specific answer, one size fits all approach or strategy in how to integrate that into current operations. In some cases, it might be 
just an additional point of supply that now becomes available. In others, it requires retiring other facilities to counterbalance that. And so it really depends on the uniqueness around the industry and subvertical and geography. China has gotten to a point where costs and regulation have reached a point where this may start becoming the norm. I think that is the case. I think China has become oversaturated as a manufacturing location, and companies are now seeking to gain that next competitive edge by using this technique of going to far corners of the globe that haven't yet been explored. Or also another kind of related topic is this concept of a pop-up manufacturing plant, one that's in a mainstream area but is temporary and can come online and be decommissioned quickly. So that's kind of a related topic that some of the more innovative companies I've seen are thinking about. Well, thanks for coming in. This is Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing out. Mm -hmm.